swagger on point when I step in Signs in the air for the gang that you're repping Don't get brave when I'm stepping in the rave If you show my love, everything's okay So for a lively rave to have fun in If there ain't girls in the place, we ain't coming Middle finger up to the Jake, stepping in with the gang Please tell the police they can't come in Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Trash shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Trash shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Welcome back, Juventini, to the Juventini Tab, Back to Black and White podcast. My name is Angela Negro, and I'm live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. This is episode number 11. Yes, 11. I didn't make a mistake this time. Uh, and today we're going to be going over the post-match of Juve Bologna, which was on Monday. You know, a couple days, it's been kind of hectic uh, getting guests and finding the, the right days. And uh, Yeah, but this is the new uh, reality with this new condensed schedule. So uh, we move on. Um, obviously, Serie has kicked off and there's been some interesting games. Just today, uh, there was quite a few matches that obviously didn't involve us, but are very crucial in our race. And uh, just before I bring on another special guest uh, to the pod, just to remind you guys, please subscribe, drop a like, notification bell on YouTube. Obviously, if you're on iTunes or Spotify, please follow, drop a rating. Uh, and uh, Yeah, if you want to get on the show, like I always say, please DM me. Uh, we have so many matches coming up, post-match, pre-match, or even just the topic you guys want to talk about. It can be anything from transfers to financials to whatever. Just drop me uh, a message on WhatsApp or Twitter or Instagram, wherever you guys are on, and uh, we'll get that set up. So uh, without further ado, um, a guy that I've just recently met, uh, and he's also a musician, and he's been writing for uh, UVFC.com. Uh, welcome, Travis, from Los An- sunny Los Angeles, California. Yeah, thanks for having me. It is actually a nice day today, so kind of like that. Yeah, it's weird. We've been in this muggy kind of weather. It's been warm, but it's it's almost like uh, West Coast, like up here right now. It's weird. We yeah. usually don't get this uh, warm and then lots of thunderstorms and stuff like that, but it's been a pretty good, decent year for us. We haven't had any snow yet. But well, um, yeah, no, it's we can get it anytime up to June, July, August, every. So uh, yeah, that's the Canadian the Canadian way. But um, anyway, so we'll just get into uh, how you became a Youth Bay fan. So actually, not uh, like a real whimsical story for me. Um, I'm a second generation Italian American, and my family, or half of my family, is from Turin. So I pretty much grew up watching Juventus games. Uh, soccer is one of the only sports I played, so it was one of the uh, one of the only teams I realistically understood or knew anything about outside of like the alma maters of my like parents' colleges. So uh, as I grew up, I just became more and more attached to it as I continued to 
play the sport and follow the sport and get into the FIFA franchise, um, which I guess is kind of a blessing and a curse because most of my friends here are into the NFL, but uh, when they talk about football to me, I'm like, oh, who's your team? And then it's something like, I like the Chargers. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. You guys aren't uh, same side of the coin as me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, so where'd your parents go to school? Where are they uh, alma mater? In, in and around uh, California? or? Yep. So my mom went to USC and my mom, my dad went to UCLA. That's my team, man. That's my team. <laughs> little cross-town rivalry in the, in the home. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I love Cole. I almost love it more than the NFL, actually. But... Um, yeah, in the early 2000s, right, USC was just dominating in football, and I think it just naturally just connected. So, uh, yeah, go Trojans. I know that it's been a, it's been a little bit of a rush, rough patch, but, um, yeah, no love love American football and stuff like that. But, yeah, I know it's definitely difficult. I understand. Same up here with hockey, right? There's uh, even – it's getting better, I would say. Obviously, the most played sport in Canada would be, would be soccer now, but um, – yeah, definitely something different from when I was younger. Um, but yeah, let's get into the big breaking news kind of uh, lately. Uh, they're talking about the the deal with uh, Barcelona for uh, Arthur Melo, which was apparently agreed to for 80 million euros. Um, what have you thought of this whole saga and kind of what did you think? What do you think of the player if you've watched him at least? So I know, I know a little bit about him. Um, I don't watch a ton of Barcelona games in general because uh, a I don't have cable and they're not on like ESPN plus or any of the streaming platforms well from what I've seen of him and done a bit of research you know he's a he's a bright young man um, he hasn't quite broken into the side yet so there's not a lot of consistent minutes but um, I know the big disagreement was on the valuation of players they wanted 80 we wanted 70 for Pjanic um, but I think it's a good move for all parties involved. We need to make the team a bit younger. Pjanic has clearly lost some interest and in perhaps a step, maybe needs a change of scenery to revitalize him. The midfield for them is uh, getting a little creaky and maybe needs a little change of scenery. So I'm all for it. Um, yeah, I hope it goes through. But And I know they're trying to get the deal done here within the week to... So there's like a profit possibility because players have to be registered before June 30th. So I think if it does wrap up, we'll know in the coming days. Yeah, exactly. They're, I think they're saying the deadline is being June 30th, like you said. Um, what did you think about his reluctance to come, though? I mean, he's never really came out and said that he wanted to join. or I mean, he really hasn't made any comments in general at all. Um it's now, I guess there's been a lot of reports, what's true, what's not, we don't know, but it seems like there's been a corner turn, maybe him knowing that he's not going to be in the plans uh, for Barcelona, even though he started the last game. And kind of another thing more about transfers, um, there's been a question about these inflated, uh, these inflated transfer fees. What, what are your kind of thoughts? I know someone posted it in, uh, they posted a question in the official club that I'm a part of, obviously, Bianconeri YYZ. And I find that it's the way they, you know, they amortize contracts and they show profits on these deals, obviously, after they've been, obviously, when you 
you add the the value that it's amortized over the contract plus what they're making, you can almost show positive values. So obviously Juve knows what they're doing. We've done, we've heard, we've talked about this a lot about obviously selling players for Plus Valenza, but what are your uh, thoughts on that? And obviously again, his reluctance to come. Uh, yeah. So far, as far as his reluctance to come, I, I tend to take a lot of comments uh, made by players, especially when it comes to transfers with a grain of salt um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, when you get into that time of the year, every you know rag is trying to come up with material, especially if they don't have any quality material. So did he say something? Did he not? That's quite possible. There's also, especially for people who speak English and maybe don't speak that language, there may be a little you know, miscommunication or lost in translation there as well. So right. if he if he's dead set on being at that club, I can understand his reluctance to, to want to leave and having a desire to stay and fight for a position. And I can respect that as a player in him. Um, if he got to a point where he understood he wasn't in the plans and he was going to be moved on one way or another, and that maybe, you know, smoothed out some rough edges on what he was saying, um, you know, I think that's okay too. If he, I think it's really going to be most important that if he does come, that he performs, and whether or not he's reluctant to come, if he does end up here, that he does a decent job and puts in the effort. Um, as far as inflated transfers, yeah, I mean, it's become it's become really a game of large numbers nowadays, and with all the money that's pumped into you know some of these clubs and some of these leagues, you know, especially La Liga and the Premier League, you do tend to see that because clubs have so much more money to spend that, you know, somebody who from Syria might be, you know, a 20 million euro midfielder that plays on a mid-table side is, you know, a 40, 50 million euro midfielder who plays on a mid-table side in England. But there's obviously a huge disparity in money and I guess fortunately for us, we have like some good negotiation skills, and it might even lend a light to why we typically go for more inexpensive or up-and-coming players or even free transfers, because even though we've progressed quite a lot over the years, we still don't have the true, true financial might of like a Man City or something like that, where we can spend, you know, three, four hundred million euro over the course of two to three seasons to build an entirely new squad and have, you know, a top one or two player in every position. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, it's difficult because there's a lot of questions about this FFP and is it really working? And I just, I, I always question whether it's really strict enough. I've always come because of obviously the NHL kind of, influence more of a cap route but i know it's difficult because there's so many leagues different countries um obviously different financial uh powers that be right you have the top to the bottom right that you that would affect is not just a league of 30 teams that you have to worry about uh that's generating revenue all for one league so it, it is a difficult situation but um i just find there's still too much dope there's still there's T, you look at what happened with Man City and they're cooking the books there. Uh, obviously, they got caught. We'll see what they've, we'll see if they hold true to 
punishing them. Um, but that's still to be seen. Obviously, they've. I think it, what's been good is it's helped smaller teams not necessarily go bust as easily because they're more they're they're holding them to more stringent regulations. But uh, yeah, I mean, you look at just recently Stefano Muratore. We just sold to Atalanta for seventeen. So you look at that. That's going to be, I'm guessing, uh, some good plus Valenza on that because I believe he's a youth product. So really, cost is essentially nothing. And uh, to your point, for financial fair play to truly work or to have any like credence. You have to hold these teams accountable right. in one way or another. And upholding a transfer ban, yeah, that's one thing. If City really does get ousted from the Champions League, that's an entirely different story. That gives it a lot more viability, a lot more credence right. that these this governing body will take serious action because the amount of damage that would do on such a large-scale club is you could see you know, a Pep Guardiola leaving the club because he wants to be in the Champions League. Perhaps a Kevin De Bruyne, players like that making an exodus because they don't want to be just fighting for the league. They want to be in a club that's making that much money that so they can get, you know, better contracts, they can bring in better players and win the ultimate prize. But on the flip side of that, you look at a team like Atalanta, who's playing perhaps some of the best football in Europe right now, and they're doing it for pennies on the dollar. Their entire squad is like less money than we pay Ronaldo almost every year. So I think it, you know it's possible. It's just a matter of like what your model is and how you're going to do it. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of that's a good point. Yeah, and now obviously just uh, moving on from Arthur, but still uh, in part of that deal. Obviously, like you said, is Pjanic going the other way? Now, there was a report. Now, we don't know if this paper talk, it's obviously been denied uh, by Sarri, but um, the bust-up that apparently happened in practice before this game, and there was really question. A lot of people were questioning whether he was going to be in the lineup versus Bologna or not, instead of, uh, obviously, Ramsey being the uh, other person that was... Uh, involved in a lot of the pre-match uh, formations but uh do you think it was just media tactics just trying to you know play or do you play on obviously the negative media that Pjanic because he hasn't obviously had a great season so far um and obviously it's he's been I would say going on a little bit of a downhill a spiral for almost about two years now but uh did you think it actually happened or do you think they're just trying to stir the pot I think it, there's a 50-50 chance it happened. Um, it could be just people trying to stir the pot because they see the Arthur transfer, you know, taking shape here. Uh, it could also just be Sari's frustration with some of his players and the performances they've been having lately. Because uh, at the beginning of the year, he was pretty vocal about, like, wanting to make Pjanic the center of the midfield and him wanting to have so many touches every game and he really hasn't been performing so it could have been something as simple as 
sorry calling him out at practice after a bad game and he didn't like what was said to him so kind of got in his face but yeah i mean it's really hard to tell none of us were were there i mean it's it's something for us as fans to read about and talk about so there's always that component but did it happen i can't say a hundred percent but i could say that it's possible yeah no i think uh and i think just showing him being in the lineup is you know, stuff happens in practice again in all sports, and you know if the the good teams move on and they deal with it, and obviously put things aside and move on. And I think we played a pretty a pretty good game from what we've seen so far. Um, obviously Lazio losing today, or yeah, losing today to Atalanta three uh, two. That was a crazy game back and forth. Obviously uh, Lazio had a two nothing lead. And um, Atalanta came back and snatched the victory from them. So that's massive. I mean, that's what I was looking forward to. And I, that's why I thought our game with Bologna was so important because obviously we didn't look great in the first two games. And you want to set the right foot when going forward, obviously, with the second, if you want to call it second leg now, being the Serie A games, uh, the restart of the season. And then obviously you have uh, Merda drawing Sassuolo where Gagliardini, if you didn't see, missed the wide open net. I did see and that. And that was incredibly, I don't know, a professional at his level. But, yeah, so I think it's, it's we got to, obviously, look into the next game. We got to take advantage of this. But I think, um, not that it's any any stage closer to being over. I mean, it's only the first game, just like it was only the two games in Coppa Italia. But, um, yeah, I think for Juve, it's looking right you know we've got the first win now we gotta now we gotta improve um and let's get into the game um what i like to do is a minute by minute kind of recap so we'll go kind of over the first 20 ish 25 minutes get your opinion on it and then continue on move forward throughout the game so just some of the notes that i had written down um obviously seventh minute uh ronaldo had an amazing chance he curled one over uh, the goalie got his hands to it, popped out to Bernardeschi, and he just didn't really have enough on it. But it was it was an interesting start. It wasn't overly uh, fast. Bologna was pressing hard. Uh, definitely a team that did not want to sit back like what, what it seemed like we were used to. So they weren't following that blueprint of just uh, throwing 10 behind the ball and, uh, you know, seeing what we could do. They actually were really looking to press and trying to win the game. Uh, 17th minute, um, Ronaldo has a free takes the free kick, obviously missed, and I wrote shocker. Um, it was pretty funny that he wanted to take it. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it's good that he's confident, but I just think in Dybala we have a better uh, we have the better chance, and even Pjanic, I think, given what he's done for us in the past, uh, should have been taking it. Um, and then we get into the 21st minute where there's kind of a commotion in the box and we don't know necessarily what's going on initially. Um, obviously in the replay, you see Delic's shirt getting tugged and the VAR check ensues. Um, obviously we're awarded that PK and, uh, Ronaldo steps up and slots it home. Um, so yeah, I, to me personally, I mean, 
you look at the the tug, and I mean, yes, there's contact in the box. For me, a penalty is more of a, I want to say, a stringent rule. You don't want to be given these, and I find I don't know. I mean, it's just today's football. Personally, I wouldn't have given it because there's a lot. It's a contact sport. You want to you don't want to take that away. It's not like it was an egregious pull. I mean, it was more of a he grabbed them, and but again, it's a penalty. But for me, I wasn't. I was kind of like. Uh, it was a little bit of a chintzy, chintzy penalty, but that's okay. We got the goal. Um, what were your thoughts on the first 25 minutes, Travis? Uh, first 25 minutes or so, uh, especially, well, one thing that you brought this up is, at what point do you just have to say, Ronaldo, you're not taking free kicks anymore? Yeah. Let him, let him take the penalties, but it's been apparent for some time that that gift may have left his, you know, tool chest, so to speak. Uh, if you look at the numbers, he's converting at like five or six percent below Dybala and Pjanic. So I think at some point, especially if you want to use those types of, you know, strategies or, you know, set pieces to get goals or have the opportunity to get goals, you got to take him, take him out of that. Uh, the penalty... Yeah, you could argue that one way or the other all, all day. It's not a glaringly obvious one. Is it technically a penalty by the letter of the law? But yes, it is. But it could go either way. Uh, but I wasn't overly impressed. I thought with the first 25 or so minutes, I thought we would come out with a little more fire in our bellies, especially after the loss. Um I think there was some positives we did see to be like moving the ball around. It was nice to see a little bit more open of a game, but still didn't really seem like we had our foot on the gas all the way. Like we were, we were struggling to get out of second gear. I think the penalty was, you know, a kind of a, we will take it if we can get it at this point based on the way that we're playing. Um, but before that, I don't think we truly looked like scoring like really early in the match from open play. And that probably set the stage for the rest of the game because if they wanted anything out of it, they're going to have to bring the game to us. And that probably allowed us to, to open our game up a little bit more and have some better chances. But I'm a, I'm a perennial you know, accuser of Juventus for getting their shooting boots like if you look at the statistics game by game we're having you know 15 18 20 plus chances and maybe putting away one goal and this isn't a recent thing this has been happening yeah. since allegri was in charge and i think if if we have any you know want to have any chance of you know winning emphatically and giving most of the supporters the types of games and experiences they want and even winning silverware you got to start putting the ball in the back of the net and for more than just you know penalty kicks that you're getting after var is reviewing them yeah and i think um a lot of people were uh i guess impressed i think after this after we get this first goal and it's almost like the monkeys off our back and um you know, obviously it helps when you have a team, like I said, Bologna playing open and playing to score because it allows for a lot more room and there's more space because they're pushing up a little bit higher and they're pressing. So I found that's why we were able to use the wings a lot. Also, you know, our link of play was pretty good and I found Bernardeschi was doing a pretty good job. Tech was really rusty in this first half. I know it was his first game back. 
but at, at least two goals could have been conceded by just errant passes, one down the middle um, in the 36th minute. And it's like, you know, almost a Juve way, you know, we, we have a, a little bit of an error there, and then we go all the way down the pitch. Um, I believe it was uh, Bernardeschi with a nice flick to Dybala, makes the run, and obviously drags the defender with him. And then Dybala has that free space and just wails one into the top corner. Um, just brilliant. Uh, Bernardeschi, I believe, you know, obviously having a... I think making the necessary runs, I think he's in the position that we all know that he could perform at. I mean, obviously, this is, a, I would say, his second performance since the Atletico game. So let's obviously hold our judgment on if this is a new re, the new reality or uh, a changed Bernardeschi. But just because I think it, it really helped in the team that we played against playing the style they were. Um and yeah, it just opened up from there. I found um, 40th minute, you have a, a great cross from Ronaldo. He like faints on a on the winger and then puts a nice ball over to what seemed like Dybala just free and away. And uh, he just couldn't get the foot on it. And he he obviously missed. It was a, obviously a great chance. And there was quite a few of those this game. But uh, so hopefully, you know, like you said, we get those shooting boots, and uh, again, 43rd minute tech, same thing. It was like, uh, but you know, it's his first game back. Obviously, Buffon had the first two games. Uh, what you know, you're gonna expect a little bit after that time, getting used to playing again, and you know, getting accustomed to uh, passing to his defenders and stuff like that. But you know, yeah, like I said, Bologna was not sitting back and. Yeah, since that 40th minute, it was just confidence from the team. And obviously, we go into halftime. So what did you think about, I guess, if you want to call it the second half of the first half, Travis? Um, I would I would agree with you. I don't remember if – I can't remember exactly if it was the first half of the first half or the second half, but there was a moment where Delict kind of tried to make a back pass and we almost scored on ourselves. Yeah, it was, and, the, it was the second half. Yeah, it was yeah. that first one. It was just, you know, kind of one of those things where I was sitting there thinking to myself, is this just an error of, like, thought, or are you trying to be a little bit too cheeky right now? Because that, that could have really brought them back into the game. So yeah. I was a little bit confused when I saw that. Um, I was really impressed with, with Bernadeschi in this game and, like, what he was doing. My criticism of him is never, though, Ben, that he doesn't put the effort. He's always you know, running around when he's on, on the pitch in every game. It's just like his fit, his final product hasn't been there for some time. You know, he won't make the right choice for a pass in the final third. His shot just seems to not find the target so often. He's not a great crosser of the ball as a rule. Um, but, you know, I've been a, somebody who's talked about using him as a Misala as well because he does have that energy. He will, you know, hunt people down and tackle them. Um, but, yeah, it seemed it seemed like a more open game for us. We did carve out a few decent chances. The team was moving well. Again, not quite out of second gear for me yet. I think maybe we're trying to, like, pace ourselves back into the to this restart here because there's so many games to be played but um 
Yeah, not not a ton to complain about. I know there was a, I believe, a yellow card somewhere in there for uh, Bologna or for for yeah for Bologna. I could be wrong about that. I'm not looking at the the specific thing uh, right now, but not not a whole lot. Like after Dybala's goal, it seemed uh, kind of like one way traffic. Not a whole lot actually happened for the. For the rest of the game until we got to the very end where Danilo lost the plot a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get into that. Um, obviously, Ronaldo had a, uh, a great chance. Um, he just towed it to the right of the goalie. Um, so there was definitely lots of chances that we had. Obviously, like you said, the shooting boots weren't necessarily there. But yeah, in the second half, I thought it was very comfortable. Um I think defensively, Bologna wasn't good enough. There was a lot of times where they were leaky at the back and they were obviously trying to push. So, like I said, you're going to get those opportunities against a team like that. I think it was still, you know, Berna had a couple nice shots. Obviously, Pjanic then hits the wall and then I'm just like, just give the damn ball to Dybala on on these free kicks. Like, I don't know why they have so many, like you said earlier, I don't know why they have so many different, just stick with one guy. Uh, plan your strategy around that obviously where the ball is on the field and where the foul is committed but yeah it's um, and Mattia De Chilio I think for the most part was doing a a decent job there in the left back position Um, was honestly surprised to see that uh, because of you know MDS horror shows that we've seen in the past but I think he did a very good job coming in. Now the unfortunate thing is in the 65th. Oh, and actually I do have to note, so I got to tell the Ronaldo fans, thank you, Ronaldo, for tracking back in the 63rd minute. It was a shocker. I had to see him in, the fi- in our final quarter of the field. Could not believe it. I think he even won the ball back too. So, uh, yeah, awesome to see that. I don't know. I'm guessing he's getting the message. But, yeah, in the 65th minute, uh, Matilia DeCilio pulls up. And he gets a ball on the wing there, and he just obviously lets the ball go out of uh, out of play, and doesn't look good with the situation we have. Obviously, Alexandro being out for uh, a, a shorter period of time, but still not with this con- with this I want to say concise schedule. Uh, still going to miss a, quite a few games because there's so many games compacted in there. Um, so Danilo comes on. Um, and again, still comfortable, I would say. Matuidi replaces uh, Rabiot. Ramsey comes on for Pjanic. Just some fresh legs, I would say. Kind of, you know, get them some time. Obviously, Ramsey needs to, you know, get back to full fitness. Um, Ronaldo had a couple chances. Then you get Douglas Costa coming on for Dybala. I think Dybala had a really good game today. Um, I would say probably the best player just Pips uh, Bernardeschi um, with the goal, obviously. Um, and then we get into the 82nd minute. And Danilo makes just a bonehead challenge. And you're like, why are you doing this? So he gets his first yellow card. And the game continues on. It's kind of getting a little, you know. I think it was a pretty combative game. There was there was card shown. But uh, about eight minutes later in sleeping time basically no need to do anything stupid get to get out with a result no injuries no cards nothing just 
end the game. And then he makes another stupid challenge and gets sent off in the 91st minute. Now I'm like, we're really like stretched now because you have Matias De Gilio, who's probably going to be out. I'm going to assume that. I haven't really heard any update on that. Um, and obviously Alexandro's out. Now Danilo's out. So this game against Lecce is going to be very interesting on who we're putting, if we're putting a U23 player or if we're going to test something with Matuidi. Um, yeah, this is going to be very interesting. I think a very selfish decision. I would obviously, I think he was the worst player just because of that incident. It's just ridiculous. You're professional and you got to know, you got to be present in the moment knowing that you're down players and you can't be doing stupid things like that to even hurt your team further down the line. So, yeah, what did you think about that second half? I think it was pretty straightforward. I mean, I almost felt uh, a little bit bad for Matai Deshiglio coming off almost immediately after getting carded with an injury. Yeah. Uh, but another player who is perennially unfit. So I can't say I'm like terribly surprised that he went off with injury. I'm hoping it's not serious, but... I also haven't seen anything. Uh, pretty straightforward second half for the most part. Uh, Danilo, like, keep your head on your shoulders, my friend. Like, what, what in the world were you thinking? And to come on 2-0 up in the, you know, that late in the game and then get two yellow cards in the space of the last 10 minutes, like, that's just unprofessional. And that's... That just makes that makes you look bad more than anything. It makes you look like you you can't keep your a cool head on your shoulders. That you're willing to go into a silly challenge late in the game, and that that's definitely definitely hurt us going forward, at least for the immediate because you're gonna serve the one match ban. Um, so going into the next game, yeah, I think it will be interesting to see what we do. Uh, Maybe we're somewhat fortunate that it's against, you know, this Leche side because they're not they're not potent at either end. So maybe this is a you know a moment where we can get through this scenario with you know the ammunition we still have. Yeah, and um, I think it was. Uh... Yeah, like you said, it's just a stupid decision on the players' part. And I'm not sure about that about Lecce. Um, they've given us trouble. Like, we drew them in uh, in the south there. So, obviously, it's been some time. Not necessarily saying it's going to be the same game, but I think this is going to be the next kind of test and the next notch we need to put in our belt um, because I think they are going to sit back and... Like I said, Bologna was play, uh, Bologna is playing a 4-2-3-1. Um, pretty much the same lineup, I believe, we discussed on the preview. They had Skorupsi, Dykes, uh, right back, uh, Denswil, Danilo, and Tomiyasu on defense. Zvanberg, Medel um, in the holding role. And Sansone, Soriano, and Rossolini on the wing, on the, like, the attacking mid with the two uh, wingers. And obviously, Baro as the striker, so... And then for us, obviously, we were playing our usual 4-3-3, Quadrado right back with Delict and Bonucci in them as the center backs, Deshilio on the left. Um, obviously, Benton, Corpianich, and Rabio, which kind of surprised me. Um, 
yeah, I didn't really see much out of him in the previous game, so I was actually kind of shocked that he was brought in. I know uh, rotation is going to be very important, so I'm guessing that's why he didn't put in Matuidi was for, you know, a change of body there. But uh, And then Bernard Eske, I definitely... There was definitely rumor that he was in. He was going to be in the lineup. We did a preview about a day earlier than I had wanted to, but uh, just because of the the time commitments with obviously my guest, which was again not a big deal. But they the the one website that was uh, reporting a lineup uh, did have him in the uh, in uh, in that role. So when I actually saw it on on the uh, the official lineup that got announced for the game, I was actually quite shocked. Um, but I find it tough for him because, you know, you you look at Costa as maybe the guy that you want in the the, the better player. Um, so to get him in that right wing role is going to be was going to be difficult, right? That's kind of what I thought with playing this four three three, and then obviously having Ronaldo in the lineup, it's tough to accommodate players that are also in, also wingers because you can only play so many people at once, right? So. Um, no, he definitely looked good, Bernardeschi. Again, I'm not going to jump to saying he's saved or things have changed, but definitely a good performance out of him. Um, and let's see if that's going to be played again. Um, but who knows? Maybe there could be another rotation. Um, but if he does play again, yeah, hopefully he puts in another good performance. Um, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with saying that. Again, Nothing against the guy, but, you know, when you only have one good performance in Atletico Madrid, I mean, you can't really uh, not expect to be criticized, you know, as a professional player, right? So, um, which, again, Sadi talked about, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, what do you think about our lineup or our selection before the match? Yeah, I mean, I can't say that I was terribly surprised, Um there's going to be loads of rotation right now playing every three days. So we're and with the injuries that we do have and how fragile some of our players are. I think some of the players who have come under intense criticism in the past are going to be utilized whether we want them to be or not. Because there's just no way you can play the same 11 players every three days and have them not be either fatigued or get hurt. So... Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see the rotation. I hope that this does give opportunity for some of the um, like lesser characters in the squad to show some of their, their worth or to regain that bit of confidence and get some more minutes under their belt. Um, and then we'll just have to wait and see how the injuries play out as people come back into the side and who may be going out of the side. I mean, when was the last time Kadira played? Uh, is like you know something we think about, but even having if he was healthy, that's another body that can be utilized right now. The majority of our you know outside defensive players are injured, so that's a bit of a crisis right now. Yep. So it's going to be an interesting balance to uh, to get everybody to stay healthy to bring players in and out of the side. But I'm happy with with the lineup that we used. I thought it was appropriate for the team that we were playing. Uh, I think Matuidi perhaps may have been left out to see if he was ne- needed in perhaps like a deeper role, uh, depending on what happened with, you know, other 
wide defensive player, so that could have been a component not to perhaps need him, you know, yesterday or two days ago, and then again in just a couple days' time where you're playing that much. Um, Obviously, Ronaldo's never coming out of the squad unless perhaps we do win on tomorrow, no, Friday, and then maybe could take a rest against one of the other lower table sides we have coming up if we can, you know, put ourselves seven points clear at the top. Uh, but yeah, good selection, like seeing Dybal in the central role. And, you know, I would like to see perhaps Pjanic given a rest and try Benton Kerr in the deep playmaking role and flank him with maybe Rabio and Ramsey and see how that looks, because that's something I'd wanted to see since preseason. But overall, the selections for the game were right. You know, we took the three points. Can't really do much criticizing outside of that. Awesome. So who's your best player and who's your worst player if you had to choose? My my best player would probably be probably be Dybala. I mean, you can't take anything away from that goal. And he's seeming to get back into form. Looks good. Starting to look real sharp. Uh, worst player, I'm going to give to Danilo just because, I mean, how can you be that stupid in such a critical moment? I mean, that's just inexcusable. Yeah, I have to agree 100% on those. So, um... Let's go over the little bit of the player ratings. I know it's um, it's been a few days. Um, start with Tech. What would you give him as a rating for that game? I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go five. It was more of a rusty first half, and then he really didn't necessarily have to do too much in the second half, so I'll give him a five. Just, you know, starting game, nothing special. But, uh, yeah, it did have a couple mistakes that could have cost us and could have really changed the game um, if they do score those, right? So... Yeah, I agree with that. If I think for me, I would give him a six just on the one extra point that he did save the clean sheet regardless, but not his best performance, couple of mistakes, but just shaking the rust off. So you got to give him a little something there. Okay, Quadrado, Bonucci, Delict, uh, MDS, Mattia Decidio. So, yeah, go ahead on those four. So I would probably across... Just from right to left, I would probably say, you know, six, seven, six, five. Um, Quadrado's looked good. Delict has been a revelation even since he's come back. Uh, Benucci just can't find that that final long ball, the accuracy just yet, right. even though he's pacing him out. But they have looked like a strong defensive pairing, and that's why I would knock a point off from. Benucci, and then DeShilio had a relatively good game, but didn't do anything of note. I take like a point, another point from him for the yellow card, and then just because I didn't think it was a necessary, you know, challenge. Maybe he was a little hard done by, but you know, I think solid, not you know, miraculous at the back. Yeah, for me, it's Quadrado six and a half. I think he had a good game. Um, Bonucci six and a half. I think he was solid too. I know he was making a. He had some errors in uh, the previous game, but I think he definitely was. You know, it was a solid game for him. Like you said, Matias Delict, great player um, for us so far, and he's really maturing and play and you know growing in the role. So I'd have to give him a seven. And I think the Shilio, I liked what he was doing. You know, he was. Uh, I would say playing into the role that we needed him to. To fill, so I'll give him a six and a half. Um, let's go into the midfield. Benton, Gour, Pjanic, Rabiot. 
Uh, Bentancourt kind of, uh, he had a good game, nothing uh, over the top. Uh, nothing like his the first game, I guess, you know, when we were playing kind of mediocre, it's pretty easy to stand out. But I would give him a six. Pjanic also, not a great game, not nothing over the top special. I'll give him a six as well. And Rabiot, I didn't really find. I mean, he was losing a lot of balls. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's going to be the guy. Um, and it looks like there's going to be some offers, so I'll give him a five. Uh, what about our midfield three, Travis? Yeah, um, on the same page with you from Benton Kerr. He, did, he was strong in the tackle, but didn't do much other than you know much going forward. Pjanic, I'm going to give a five because horrible free kick again, went completely invisible for long stretches of the game. Um, kind of on the opposite mindset with Rabio, I thought it was a better game for him. He did have, like, a little bit of, like, potency in his hold-up play. Um, seemed to be trying, you know, to make something happen. Obviously, still hasn't found that end product, but he's a player that I've been confident in since we signed him and I've liked him for a while. Um, he's the type of player who really thrives on that. And I think if you give him a solid run in the side, you probably start seeing the best of him. I don't think he's the type of player who really is successful coming in and out of a side, um, after long stretches and then being left out again for long stretches. He's really more like a striker from a mental standpoint. He thrives on the confidence and the consistency. Um, so hopefully he gets that chance and I'm not like putting my foot in my mouth at the end of the year if we move him onward because he hasn't done anything. Right. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's go Bernardeschi, Dybala, Ronaldo. I think for Bernardeschi... Probably his best game, like I said, in a really long time. I'm going to give him a seven. Uh, Dybala, seven and a half. I think he just pips him a little bit just because of that great goal, fin- great finish. And, um, you know, great interlink, great play all around. I think he's always given his all, um, even though he's made some comments about his fitness. But um, And then Ronaldo, I think six and a half, way better game. Um, but again, not necessarily... Uh, Mr. Champions League uh, style, but, uh, you know, definitely a better game, chances. I think he could have capitalized on a lot of his chances. So that's why I'll give him a 6.5 just because, uh, you know, that type of caliber player, you need to bury those. And I think it could have been, again, like I said, a different game. If he he puts that one in, it could have been 3-4-0 um, in uh by the end of it if he converts so uh, those are my rankings for those three yeah i think uh i'm almost you know right on par with you i'd give bernadeski a seven lovely flick on for dibala had a much better game looking sharp you know was everywhere in the attacking half of the pitch so i respect that good good work ethic Seems to be finding the balance a little bit, maybe getting a b- little better relationship with Dybala. Dybala given eight. Um, he's looking better and better every game. That goal is an absolute belter. Uh, there's just no stopping that, no matter who you are in between yeah. the sticks. And then Ronaldo, I'd give a six. Uh, didn't get a goal. Some of the chances were somewhat wayward. Hit the wall. And just not, not his best game, but, you know, he, he's one of those players that once he starts on fire, there's no putting him out. And yes. he really hasn't, like, gotten to that point yet 
you know, once he finds that scoring rhythm again, I think, you know, everybody will be rating him pretty highly every game because he'll be back to scoring one to two goals every game or at least getting an assist, something like that. So I hope to see that sooner than later, but not his best performance. Um, and then just the uh, the subs, I'm going to go Danilo. I'm going to go one because that's just a bonehead move. Again, we discussed that. Okay, I know it's a low ranking, but, you know, you just got to know in this time with this with these constraints that we're going to be having, um, you got to be smarter than that. Matuidi, six. Ramsey, six. And Douglas Costa, six. I mean, just general off the bench, giving the guys uh, some rest. Nothing special I didn't really see out of those guys. But, um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to go same as you. Matuidi, Ramsey, Costa, six. Uh, just, you know, greasing the wheels. I think it's good for Costa to continue getting some minutes to make sure he maintains or gets back right. to full fitness so he doesn't get injury again. The other two were, you know, pretty, you know, you could have guessed that. You didn't. There's nobody who didn't see that coming. Danilo, I would give a, a four just because up until the last 10 minutes of the game, he wasn't playing terribly. And obviously he had, you know, a decent 20 or so minutes. But, yeah, just a total bonehead. And then uh, Sarri, what do you give Sarri for the, the game as a whole? I'll give him a six. Uh, took all three points. It wasn't brilliant attacking sorry ball, but he got the job done. And, uh, you know, first win back of the season and first goals from open play of the season. So, yeah, I'd have to go six and a half. Same kind of uh, gist as yourself, Travis. Uh, Yeah, nothing really special, but, you know, we got the job done. Um, I like to see that the the I like to see a little bit more of the runs we were making a little bit more creativity. I like that he, that he went with Bernardeschi and changed the lineup a bit. He didn't just stick with the same and just kind of force it by putting Douglas Costa back up there. So I like to see that. Um, but again, I think uh, the next game is going to be more of a decider on really uh, how we judge Saturday because of the style. I think that Lecce plays. Um, Let's get into the post-match comments. Obviously, you had Saturday saying uh, some great things about Delict that he's more accustomed, he's adapted much faster than other players, foreign players, and that he uh, is probably destined to be uh, one of the best players in the world, one of the best defenders in the world, as well as one of the best players in the world. Obviously, he talked about Bernardeschi as well. Um, he saw that he had done well in his last two sub appearances um, I didn't necessarily see that so maybe I don't know he saw something from the touchline that I didn't but um, he said that he gave the impression that he was in good shape and um, obviously he said he's often over criticized and undervalued where do I hear that before hmm. a lot of people like to say the same thing about Kadira I don't know I don't know what these coaches are seeing but um, I guess they're seeing something but anyways, I think kind of general comments from, from the co from our coach. Um, then obviously Dybala also had some comments. Um, he said that he didn't feel so well uh, during the game. Um, but he was also happy that he uh, had a great performance. Um, and he mentioned the final, obviously, against Napoli and saying that if um, the media kind of took it, and I think... 
I would agree to some point that, you know, if they did get a goal in that game and they obviously win the game, then we look like the dominating team. I still don't see, I didn't see a great performance in either of those two teams, Napoli or Juve. Went down to PKs, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so not necessarily that I agree with that, but um, that he was saying that he believed that the media would have said, well, if they had scored, they dominated from the start and they played well because of that. Uh, but he's also said that he's not at 100%. Obviously, we know that he's had coronavirus. Um, and uh, he talked about, he was asked about his position and uh, where he likes to play. And he said that, you know, he's played in all these positions and is here to serve the coach. I almost wish, though, that he had just been more firm and been like, you know what, I like to play off the striker or, you know, in the uh, the number 10 role and just be like that because I found that's kind of one of the problems of Allegri was he was just like, he wasn't vocal enough. But, I mean, obviously it's a diplomatic answer, right? It's the media and... Uh, you don't want to say too much, but uh, no, pretty professional interviews. What do you, do you have to think about those comments from our, uh, obviously the player group, the, I would say man of the match and obviously our coach. Uh, I think for sorry, what he's saying about delict is a fair assessment, but I would, I would be remiss if I didn't think that he's really been given a heck of an opportunity by the fact that our only other viable center back option is Daniele Rugani right now with Giolini sure. and Demi Rall both being sick and arguably Demi Rall had been, you know, forcing his way into the side ahead of Delict before he got injured. He had started a string of games. So, I mean, I think the easiest way to, you know, become really proficient in a new league and in a new system is to be forced into the action. So, I take that comment with a grain of salt. I mean, yes, he is performing very well. Nothing to take away from him. But as we know with Juve in general, at this time of the year, we probably would have seen Matthias Delict with much less playing time right. if Chiellini had stayed healthy. Um, in, his regard, in regard to his comments about Bernadeschi, I mean, it's wholly possible that that's a fair assessment. I mean, he's become more of a utility player at this point for us than anything else, so maybe it's a nod to that. As far as what um, Dybala said, uh, I hope he's not getting the coronavirus again, saying that, of all things. Uh, hopefully it's just like a little stomach ailment or just feeling a, just having an off day. Uh, what he did say about the Napoli game, I totally disagree with. We haven't played well since we've returned i mean not emphatically well except for the first 15 to 20 minutes of the milan game yeah. i think it would have been more justified if napoli beat us in regular time they created way more of the positive chances they clearly had a better design to face us in defense so i think if we would have won it probably would have been a little bit unjust to napoli's performance since right. coming back because they've looked a much better side yeah, I have to agree with that uh, assessment of uh, the post-match interviews. Um, again, looking forward to next game. So, obviously, we play Lecce next at the J Stadium, uh, 12.45 Pacific, 3.45 Eastern time for us uh, North Americans and, obviously, South Americans. Um, another big test uh, with all the other teams dropping points. I think... Um, Although they are a smaller team, 
a team that obviously looks like they're going to get relegated. I think they could easily follow the blueprint of teams that have played a hell of a lot better than us and sit back, put 10 behind the ball, and literally try and counter us uh, and obviously force us to create a lot of chances. Um, obviously, we look pretty good. We were making some good runs. We were playing out wide. Um and a lot of the crosses I felt were were, were pretty strong, um, but again, it's I think this is key for us. Obviously, we want to get these wins under our belt and kind of get the train rolling. And obviously, the first team I think that finds really the momentum and can win four or five games in a row is going to be the team that really locks it up and uh, obviously finalizes the scudetto. So. We'll see what happens. Um, kind of what are your brief thoughts on our next game? So this is actually kind of ironic that we're in this situation because yesterday on the Juve show um, I was on and I made the point that the Atalanta-Lazio game was going to be a massive game for us because if Atalanta takes points from Lazio, the Lecce game becomes critical for the rest of our season. So I think if you're, if I'm sorry, and I see Lazio drop points to Atalanta, I see Milan drop points to Sassuolo, this is really a game that's going to define his season. He needs to go out at 100% with the foot completely on the gas because with the fixture list coming up, with the perhaps being seven points clear, which isn't just two games. It's more than two games we put ourselves out in front. Right. It really gives us a huge springboard for the rest of the year because the upcoming, the upcoming games aren't the tough fixture list. And if we can continue to build that confidence when we play the run of Milan, Atalanta, Lazio at the beginning of July, if we can maintain that margin and continue to rotate in players that maybe aren't as, you know, potent for us, aren't as utilized against these smaller sides. It allows us to keep our, you know, star players healthy. So when we do go play them, we're, you know, A, playing with a full-strength squad against them, and B, if, you know, let's say against, you know, Atalanta or Lazio, we draw or drop points, we still have that cushion. So I think that this upcoming game is going to be a huge, huge opportunity for Sarri and either make or break his season with Juventus this year. And my hope is that he sends the squad out in a way that kind of mirrors that thought process. Obviously, the big question mark will be left back. Uh, and I presume my gut feeling would tell me Matuidi would be there just on experience and engine in this type of game. And that you may see, you know, Benta Korpjanic and one of Ramsey and Rabio starting from the center. Um, I think... The rest of the defense will remain really the same in Benucci, Delict, Quadrado. And it's going to be just a matter of who it is between Bernadeschi and Costa up top with Dybala and Ronaldo. So, you know, I hope I haven't jinxed it at this point because I've, ta <laughs> I've talked about it a couple of times. Um, and I hope we, we don't because we have slipped up against this team before. But, you know, they haven't. 
they haven't looked great since coming back. Milan put up four against them, and I would say if Milan's putting up four against them, we could at least you know give ourselves two, maybe three, and even if they do pull one back, you know we can. I'm confident we can take the points, and I really hope we don't. You know this is really a banana peel game for us. I hope we don't slip. Yeah, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Again, like you said, we play Let. Well, obviously Lecce, and then obviously. At Genoa and Derby delle Molle for those three games in a row are going to be key uh, because then we go into a big, uh, big two games against Milan and Atalanta. Now Milan, a team that's already shown with the uh, limited player. Obviously, they didn't have Castillejo and Theo Fernandez for that for the game in the Coppa Italia, but definitely a team that's probably has confidence against us. But uh, Hopefully, yeah, three big wins to, to that point puts us, I believe, in a great position. Um, and then you go, obviously, against AC Milan and Atalanta. And then you see where you are at the end of that point, you know. Um, and then the big game against Lazio later on. So, no, it's definitely all to play for still. Um, I agree 100%. Uh, let's get into some questions from uh, some of the guys on the WhatsApp group. Thank you guys again. Uh, Rafa was Rafa asked thoughts on uh, Bernardeschi. I think we made it quite clear. I think he's done pretty well this game. All to all to do in the coming games if he is start if he does start. Um, I'd agree. I guess you you probably agree the same, uh, Travis. Yeah, I'll think go through that one quickly. Uh, yeah. Um, what can we expect from Bernardeschi? The new version of him from Grigori. I don't know. Again something where uh, is this really a new version or was it a one game thing we'll have to wait and see i mean he could also get locked up in a game against a team where uh, he's making the right runs but if the passing isn't crisp and we're not locked in it could look like games against napoli and milan quite easily again so uh going to do with left back i think i agree with you 100 percent with the matuidi shout I think it's just necessity. I mean, he is, like you said, the workhorse. And, um, yeah, I think that's just what we got to do. Unfortunately, Danilo does what he does, and that's what we got to do. So, um, Pjanic from Rafa, thank you again for the question. What are your thoughts, Pjanic? So, are you thinking it's just his head is out of it, or he's on to Barcelona, or what do you think? Because I know... Um, on my not on the last podcast, but when I had Juvecesco uh, on, uh, he's he believed that you know it was kind of like a Dybala situation where you know when you're playing with these guys that are not necessarily up to par, um, you know it's understandable that you're lacking, right? That you lose the confidence and you're not necessarily playing at your best. So I think I agree. I think you did say it. You know, it's time for him to go. Maybe. To greener pastures, um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on the Pjanic? I think it's I think it's definitely time to let go. I just hope we can get some good money for him, and we don't the uh, botch the transfer and get like sixty million or fifty five million because Barca doesn't believe in that value. I'd be kind of disappointed if that was the case. Yeah, I mean, it's a separate I th- issue, but anyways. I think I think for me with Pjanic, it's just been a matter of you know we expected him to come in and be 
a, a playmaker. He has the range of passing. He has the capability. And I think, you know, maybe even if it's like a lack of confidence or his head's not in the right place, we're not even seeing him attempting at this point yes. to be that creative player. He Like, he might have like a 90-plus percent pass accuracy, but like even, you know, I could have that pass accuracy if I'm playing three-meter passes horizontally for yes. 90% of my passes. There is just no creativity in his passing. You know, he doesn't seem to be making any effort. You see him walking all the time. He gets lost in the game. He's just not contributing. And I don't know if you give him anybody else that he all of a sudden turns into like an Andrea Pirlo caliber player where all of a sudden he's unlocked, you know, his mind's eye and can see everyone anywhere on the pitch. You know, I'd rather see him attempt, you know, to drop a pass on a dime and it not come through or to get intercepted than to see a hundred, you know, three meter passes. So yeah, I think perhaps, you know, the best thing for him and for us is just to move him on at this point. Let him try again at someplace else and if he doesn't change, let him be somebody else's problem. Right. Um, Khalifa asks, thank you again for the question. Uh, what do you think of Ronaldo? Why do you think Ronaldo's been underperforming? Obviously, since the restart, do you think he's just it's a match fitness issue? Or I know you mentioned, you commented it on a little bit earlier, but uh, your thoughts on Ronaldo? I think it's just a, a sharpness thing. I think he's, you know, anybody after not playing for or doing anything for three months and being laid up, not practicing every day, and, you know, and just working, you know, on fitness or something like that on your own at home, it, there's going to be a little bit, you know, of rust. I mean, he got back amongst the goals, so you have to appreciate that. And hopefully that's kind of the spark that lights the fire. But again, for me, I mentioned this a bit earlier. He's he's really a man of, of consistency. Like, and any striker, they'll go through a rut, where they may not score for a few games. But I think once he does catch fire again, he'll be right back to his usual self score in almost every game without question. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, he was on a pretty good run before, and unfortunately we had to stop uh, the season because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But yeah, no, I definitely I, I have hope for him. I do have a lot of hope because... Uh, you know, he did score a lot of goals for us, and he was key in a lot of the situations that we had. Uh, if you look at the between him and Dybala, how many times they were involved with the goal or the assist, uh, it's a, a big majority. Um, I'm not 100% sure on the numbers, but it's it's either 80 90%. So, um, yeah, definitely need to get him back to that top level. Um We'll see what happens, obviously, in the next game. Um, and Felix with a great question that I didn't even realize. Um, what are your thoughts on Juve being the team with the least goals allowed in Serie A right now? Yeah, I can't say I'm terribly surprised. We've always been a strong defensive team. So, yeah, I'm not shocked. And we've always been, you know, more of a defense-first team historically um yeah i mean we have a, we have a strong defense and you know we're it's it shows 
in when you look at the history for us in terms of results we're winning you know one nothing two nothing we're not we're not playing these beautiful open games like the Atlanta Lazio game today where it's three two like we're we're constantly very unpotent going forward for the most part and very potent from a defensive standpoint and I think we've been you know, kind of amongst that mix of teams almost every year, you know, the past few years. So kind of business as usual for us. Yeah. And I think, I think it gets a little bit lost when you, you think about it, we've had three clean sheets in a row um, to start this. And it was more of, uh, I know there's been a lot of uh, talk about the, uh, obviously our, the offensive side. And I think that's kind of overshadowing um obviously we've had some moments where we've looked sloppy and i guess we could have been scored on but yeah no i I think they've been pretty solid at the back so far um and uh yeah no like you said it's pretty much a tradition i think more gets more questioned now because or it's kind of surprising because we're supposed to be this more offensive team and we almost assume that we're going to be leaking goals but um, I mean, so far it hasn't shown right. uh, in these last three games. So that's a good positive, I think, uh, to leave on. Um, you know, just to close out, I appreciate you coming on. Um, but you know, the kind of the the last segment of the show that we like to have here at the Juventus Back to Black and White podcast, we like to call Allo Stadio. So you've told me that you have not been to the new stadium, but you were at the uh, Dele Alpi. And uh, yeah, man, just take us through, you know, who you who you were playing against, you know, the atmosphere. Obviously, these meetup groups weren't necessarily a big thing, I would say, back then. It's more of the community's obviously grown. It's come a long way. Uh, it started, I think, with Maurizio, you know, really pulling a lot of guys together and now this whole community and different, uh, obviously on Twitter, WhatsApp, Discord, all these different channels and platforms, uh, bringing people closer together. But um, yeah, just your basic experience. I know you've met someone special. We'll get into that next. But yeah, just how uh, how it was to you know get people excited about going back to the stadium again because I'm definitely looking forward to uh, going whenever we can, whenever these borders are. Uh, opened again but um yeah go ahead the floor is yours travis yeah i mean truly a, a surreal experience for me especially growing up um in the united states because it's uh the only time i've seen them play like out of the country i've seen them at games domestically when they've been okay. here like international champions cup but yep I mean, I can't say that it was a beautiful stadium, and I think everybody kind of knows that about the Delhi yeah. Um, I believe they played Fiorentina. I can't remember the result off the top of my head, but for me to just be in, uh, like, amongst, like, the Curva and around, you know, a whole bunch of supporters that supported the same team as me was an unbelievable experience. I do want to get back to the J Stadium, and it's, you know, it's kind of, like when I think back on it, it's kind of sad because I've been to Italy um, a few times for like different reasons for like work or if I was playing music or something like that. And that was the only time I've ever been in Turin or like close enough to them to like right. see them play. So I've actually probably seen more like games at 
like other stadiums or of other Italian teams than Juventus games. But yeah, I mean, something that I will, uh, I'll never, never forget. And hopefully, I think next year, because I turn 30 next year and I'll be an old man then, uh, <laughs> as a, like a little birthday present to myself, I'll send myself back. You know, God willing, it's safe to do. Uh, that's kind of the, the, the game plan for right now. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, definitely going it's nice to going back so do you still have family in uh in and around uh torino or not necessarily anymore because i know i mean every family's different right i got for me it's crazy i have a lot of family you know everywhere vegas uh new jersey france apparently spain italy and various cities so um lots of places to visit but uh how about yourself are they Obviously, that's kind of uh, where your ancestry is uh, from, right? So, do you have a lot of relatives back there to visit? It's uh, it's mostly extended family okay. at this point, not people that like we're, we get, are in touch with like really frequently or really well. I think the almost the only time I've ever met most of those people are at my grandparents' funerals when they've come to like pay their respects. Um, they're not so far removed that if I were to go back um, and I'd be there for like a period of time, not like one day or two yeah. days, I could get in touch with them and probably have a chat with them, get to know them a little bit better. But yeah, a little bit, but I don't have any of their phone numbers, let's say that. <laughs> That's all right, you know, give an excuse, give an excuse to uh, go back there, right? right um, and then, uh, yeah, you met, uh, you were lucky, and I'm, I'm going to say it right now, I'm jealous that you got to meet uh, a certain special someone at his uh, restaurant in Los Angeles. Um, I hope to go down there and uh, one day uh, be able to meet him as well. Um, Alessandro Del Piero. How was that? And you said it was on your birthday, I believe, correct? Yep. So uh, my my parents don't actually live here in California. And so for like my birthday dinner, because obviously I'm like a massive Juventus fan, they came out um, to visit for, uh, yeah, not on my actual birthday, but right. it was to like celebrate. And I, had, well, I was like, I want to take you guys here. And they're like, look tell us about it and they're like oh my god this is the whole ordeal and it's actually kind of a funny story because when we got there i'd asked if he would be there if he is there and they're like well if he's in town he's here and we had probably been there for like two and a half hours at this point oh, okay. and i had was having like an after dinner drink and i was like i just want to wait like five more minutes and you know the the mater d type character comes like running over and starts giving me the signal to like stand up and we were literally about to leave the bill was paid and he comes strolling over and i'm like oh my god and my mom's like my mom's like give me your phone i'll take some pictures and i think the first thing that i said to him i blurted i just blurted it out because i don't really get starstruck because i, I work in the music industry so i meet a lot of people but he is one person i would get starstruck around and i just i just blurted out you're basically my hero <laughs> and he kind of laughed and said basically but just an unbelievably nice guy and then through my involvement with uh like previously through juventus fan club of 
Southern California, which is now Los Angeles, um, which I'm not really real active with anymore because I've been busy with work and uh, I live in like the southernmost part of Los Angeles. So a lot of where the meetups are like a pretty long, you know, endeavor to like get to and from for me uh, with traffic, obviously here. Yeah. But I've actually gotten to meet him uh, quite a few more times after that. He has a, a I guess like a, t- a third like tier soccer team because there is some promotion relegation in the you know in the United States soccer team so I've been to a couple of his games for that team's called oh, nice. and um, and he's at almost every one of those games and then we have had a couple more viewing parties at his restaurant he's been there so just a, you know honestly an unbelievably nice guy every time I see him he remembers who I am um, I actually have more pictures with him that one's just sentimental to me because of the first time and it was in relation to my birthday and is uh time I get to spend with my parents whom I rarely get to see anyways. So yeah, unbelievably nice dude. Can't say enough about him. Yeah, that's unreal, man. Um, I'm jealous. Yeah. Maybe I got to move down to Los Angeles now because that's just crazy. And, uh, yeah, with his involvement in, uh, LA 10 FC, that's, uh, that's crazy. I didn't even think about it. So yeah, guys, now you know where to find El Piero. If not at his restaurant, Check out LA10FC to uh, find a game uh, and uh, check it out. But uh, free to go to because it's like such a low tier. They're right. like high schools and things like that. So you just like meandering. So maybe there'll be more fans there for the games. Uh, yeah, that's all. Well, fun fact though, because most people probably wouldn't think this, but I think he has like an endorsement with this company, but he actually drives a Kia. Oh, okay. So, not exactly driving a, a real high-end fancy car, but I think it's because he has some type of endorsement or advertising agreement with them, so he gets them for free. Uh, don't quote me on that, but every time I've like seen him, he's always pulling up in Kias. Hmm. Well, we got the exclusive here. <laughs> that's uh, Yeah, that's interesting. Um, plus, he's got kids too, right? So I don't think he's going to be uh, rocking up in any sports cars maybe anymore. Um, but... Uh, Get for the Sunday drive without his kids. He's bringing out the the sports car still. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but yeah, Travis, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Um, it was kind of a whole uh, with all these games now. It's like I'm stressing over who to bring on. But I appreciate you uh, coming on. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, where to get at you on obviously on Twitter and. Obviously, you're you're a musician, and uh, I believe you told me you were you were nominated for a pretty uh, special award. Is that correct? Or am I? Yep, I can't really like talk about that though because of a contractual agreement. Okay. But I was nominated for a, a pretty. I was part of the nomination group, so uh, something that like most people don't like think about or like know a ton of is like if you get nominated for like a pretty big award it's not just like the face of it it's usually runs down to like the production staff and things like that um so there's usually it's not usually just the person getting handed the award that gets it um most award ceremonies are actually like almost a week long and that's where like the other parts of it get their awards but uh yep so i make music for a living if you I do contract work for that. So if you need music for anything like songs written or 
you know, not super fantastic for beats. Actually, I still owe you a little something, and uh, it's just been a hectic time for me, but that's what I do for a living. So if you need music for anything, uh, you know, out there that anybody watching needs, give me, uh, give me a shout. I'm not ridiculously expensive and try to do it based on what you need. And then you can find me online. My, uh, my Twitter, that's where I spend most of my time, is Travis M, as in Mark Gallardo. Um, and I'm sure I'll get tagged in this and I'll sure, be sure to retweet it. But yeah, pleasure to be on here. Good to chat with you and uh, be happy to come back at some point if you need some more guests because you're running out with all the games. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it seems like I run out and then I drop a message and then I get like four. So I just got to do a little bit of a better job of reconnaissance and, uh, you know, scheduling these in. It is a busy time. I just started a new... Uh, uh, job for the rest of this year at least but uh yeah no definitely we'll have you back um it's always nice having uh someone to chat about uve and uh getting different opinions obviously uh everybody's in a different boat on how they feel about the club and certain players and coaches and this so it's always nice to hear how everyone uh obviously is doing and yeah, I definitely hope to hear that, uh, you know, like I said, when it's ready, this guy's going to have the new, when I did say that I was going to be looking for a new theme, uh, I definitely did reach out to Travis. So uh, we hope to see that in the future. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, again, just some closing remarks as always, just to custom to the show. You guys know, uh, obviously I'm at Juventinita, D-A-L. For my initials on Twitter and Instagram, obviously YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, the old, the the usual. Um, and yeah, again, just keep an eye on Twitter. Uh, obviously, I dropped the the Twitter link in uh, WhatsApp and Discord as well, just to make it easier for those guys as well. Some people not necessarily on that on Twitter, so but uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, there's going to be another one coming up shortly with the, uh, the pregame for Juve Lecce. And yeah, just stay tuned to Twitter for that, for the links on uh, all platforms. But uh, yeah, guys, appreciate all the support. Uh, I believe we're close to, you know, 500 views uh, total, which is awesome over all the platforms. Um, subscribers are building up here and there. And uh, yeah, if you guys could, you know, every little part that you know you guys could do helps me out and uh again i appreciate all the questions you guys are always quick to answer to when i need uh, questions for the show or topics or what you guys want to hear so it's been really great so far we cracked the double digits obviously this is number 11 and uh yeah we have some interesting things coming up actually just in the dms so far uh, i don't want to get into it now but uh there's definitely some cool stuff coming up and uh, as always, fino alla fine, forza Juventus. Ciao.